Hello, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. So, wherever you're listening to the comic box rumble, we've got greetings covered. Kofi here, and I just wanted to say a bit of housekeeping before we get into the episode that this is the last episode of the second box. So, we're not going to have a report themed episode for a couple of weeks while we get the listeners a chance to put their name in the hat for an opportunity to win so if you want to win you have to leave a review or a comment on our itunes our stitcher or our soundcloud you know get engaged with us and we'll put your name into the hat and we'll pull it out but no it's going to be great so yeah let us know what you what you've been thinking about the podcast so far let us know what you wanted to talk about what you want us to cover and you'll be in with a chance to win this fabulous box we're going to announce we'll announce the winner in a few weeks usually on the first well you know yeah i so we'll announce the winner when we start the new box, the first episode of the new box. And also the winner will be invited to come and join us on a ramble episode where we'll sit down and chat to them, ask them about their interest in pop culture and what got them into it, give them the box. And anyway, they'll just join us for an episode. And also the winner actually gets to set the theme for the final episode of the next box, which I think is awesome because Ian Morley, he set the, well, he set the theme for this one, the animations one, which was absolutely fantastic. Now, in the description of the episode, I've left a few links as references for some of the things I talk about in mine. Once you've listened to the episode, click on the link and give me your opinions on what you think about these uh, these really interesting animations, these scenes, because uh, I love them. I absolutely love them, as you will be able to tell when you listen to the episode but as usual you're here you're hearing my voice right now so i just want to take the time again to thank you for tuning in uh, you could be doing anything else in the world but you've decided to listen to 330 somethings talk about comic books movies tv shows and all sorts of other things so thank you very much don't forget let us know what you think about the podcast let us know what you want us to talk about let us know if you disagree with anything we are at comic box rumble on pretty much any form of social media that's out there apart from pinterest we have no place on there we have no place in pinterest um but we will do we'll get them thanks very much for listening everyone take care bye ladies and gentlemen uh, let's get Victory! Good work, soldier! Freaky Darren Brown. It's gonna make me do shit. Do stuff, and I'm gonna be like, oh my god, I did, I, Darren Brown made me do it. Um, okay. Story of your life. Okie doke, okie doke, Alright, okay, so let me sort this microphone out. Yeah. Um, everyone's everyone's on. Chat you on. Yeah, just gonna time it a little bit. Um, awesome. Okay, so welcome to Comic Box Rumble, the podcast designed for you guys to listen, engage, and in some cases win some of the wonderful prizes that we put into a box when we give our reports and criticize and make each other feel kind of self-conscious that we didn't win. Maybe I'm speaking for myself. Maybe I'm speaking for the entire group. Who knows? But I'm Kofi Miles, your <laughs> resident maker. Joining me, as always, are my co-hosts. We have Tom Aitchison and Mr. Jack Milson. Guys, what's happening? Not bad, not bad. How are you? I'm good. It's been a... I thought this weekend was meant to be a relaxing one, but Jack had his birthday night out. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. We actually hijacked another group's happy birthday song in the restaurant where we was having a... A night out. We let them sing the happy birthday stuff, and we just went to Jack. <laughs> well, lovely people. Yeah, um, we're lovely like that. Lovely, lovely. Um, so, what's been happening? Who's got? 
who's got the news? Who wants to kick off with some news? Who's, some who's news. gonna be out Huey Lewis? I've got some news. Uh, <laughs> Huey Lewis. <laughs> it, was a, today, it was a C2E2 this weekend, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. So we finally started seeing some news about what, what this year's gonna look like in terms of comics and stuff. Right. Lots of fun things been announced. What's, um, what's been saying? What's caught your eye? I'm gonna talk about, about uh, Bendis and Miller did like a, an in conversation there, and that was quite cool. And some funny little anecdotes came out of that. Did they? Yes. Uh, one of the anecdotes is uh, when there was first that Marvel Bendis and Miller were at some sort of like writers retreat, and they were leaving for the night, and uh, Jay Costada wouldn't let them share a taxi. Why? Because he didn't want them to be involved in an accident and them both to get oh injured. Oh my god! Because really? they were that vital like to the, the royal company. family. The Prince William That's and the King brilliant. Charles, yeah. King Charles, and Prince Charles, that allowed to fly together in case yeah. the plane crashes. That's awesome. That's and, um, Marvel royalty. Legitimately, like he was concerned about because they were the part of the big upturn of the company at the time. And Bendis was saying that when he first like signed his contract, there was walking through like the bullpen at the offices and like the stuff was with like stickers on saying sold and stuff and the lights were being kept off so they didn't have to pay bills and Bendis is like if I write the last Spider-Man story that's alright innit yeah. <laughs> oh um, man that's class that's so when, cool. when would that have been when Bendis John 2002 2001 I thought it was earlier than that because no, Casada was in charge what was it 99 2000 yeah, I thought Bendis was like when did you say 2002 2002 yeah okay yeah alright oh, um, something else good came out uh Ultimate Universe related. Miller, <laughs> it's gone. It's no. Dead. But, um, Miller was saying that when he when he sort of pitched the idea of doing an ultimate version of the Avengers, Marvel didn't want to use the word Avengers because they didn't see there was any value in that franchise and that name. And in fact, they thought it would damage the book by having Avengers in the title. And I just wanted to point out how how weird that is to think of now. How, how ironic yeah. because Avengers is the brand. It, that is the powerhouse now, and like. 15, 20 years ago, it was like. And the latest Avengers is all based on the Ultimates anyway. Yeah, there's a bit of irony there that the current Avengers is all based on yeah. what they're doing there. Yeah. But yeah. But they did say the Ultimate Universe is coming back as well. So. What, how did they say it's coming back? What did they say? Um, they said they're not going to announce it, it's just going to turn up on a page in a book you won't you expect or somewhere. What, the entire expect. Ultimate Universe? Well, something related to it. A bubble's, like a, a bubble's just going to appear from fan, from Mr. Fantastic. Well, like the end of, you guys haven't finished Spider-Man 2 yet, have you? No, 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 so... Shh. Should no, probably. no, no. Yeah. I, need to, I need to read that. It's all there. Uh, <laughs> I, I, like, I need to get the trade because I've got like issues one and then three, four. It was only five, wasn't it? I'm missing issue two. Yeah. So Spider-Man 2? Yeah, yeah. I got the first one as, as a trade, so I'm just gonna have to get the second one as a trade fit to go as my OCD it so can I'm go together. Stop hijacking, yeah, with all yeah. that stuff. Spider Man uh, Two, hey, sorry, sorry, Spider Man. Spider Man Two, the comic book story which we were told is a sequel to the story that we were told would never happen. Yeah, the two Spider Men will never. <laughs> yeah, Ultimate <laughs> Spider Man will never meet Six One Six Spider Man. We're bringing Spider Man. And we're going to do a it, sequel. The first one was legit, good though. Yeah. I don't want to hijack the conversation, but the first one was awesome. It was good. It was good. It was good. I was just a bit like, oh, do we need it? No, we not for spoilers, but when the it's the most random of villain who always appears in the most random of things. Like, yeah. random villain. And it was everything. it was mysterious, yeah. wasn't it? No, it's well. mysterious. Mysterious. Oh, I was talking about Spider-Man too. No, 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 no. The villain is now Spider-Man too. Yeah, He's the one who's responsible for Old Man Logan. He also killed off Karen Page in Daredevil as well. Mate, he's badass, man. Yeah. People underestimate those C D those C and D list villains, man. He is indeed. Push them into a corner where they want to prove themselves, and they will kill your girlfriend. So what do you? So what do you guys have for us? I want to talk about how much the 
geekdom, the internet is losing its shit at the new sort of Avengers Infinity IMAX poster. So everyone's like, um, okay, so IMAX dropped this new Avengers Infinity War poster, and then they were like, oh, guys, there's some, there's four IMAX logos in the actual poster itself. There's some Easter eggs in the poster, and people are like. <gasps> It's going to give us plots to the movie. It's going to give us the title to the next Avengers film, to Avengers 4. And everyone lost their minds. And it actually turned out into to be a huge scavenger hunt. This is what the internet has kind of... It's a self-fulfilling prophecy almost because they feel like Ant-Man is hidden somewhere on the poster. And it's turned into a... <laughs> so, sorry, I'm just Googling the person now because I've not heard this one. So. There's loads of videos of people on it. Okay, Ant-Man could be here. Ant-Man could be there. Okay, you look on Thanos' ring, on, on his thumb, uh, the holster where the Infinity... Uh, the the Infinity Gem goes into goes into the gauntlet on his own. There's an outline, and it looks like shadowing and shading. Is that the one? No, 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 it's a different one. But if you shade, if, if you really squint hard enough and you look close enough, that black grey sort of scratching. If you if you really imagine it, it looks like Ant Man clinging on. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? There's, and there's loads. But of, you can you can force yourself to see exactly. The people yeah. have, people have taken star clusters and be like, look, it looks like Ant Man running and done. Uh, taken an image or a still of Ant-Man running put it next to the star cluster drawn an outline and you just again you start if you seeing will it, it <laughs> if you will it enough it will appear do you know yeah. what I mean and it's fantastic just how people lost their minds and it was like Ant-Man's in there <gasps> if Ant-Man's in there Hawkeye's going to be somewhere. Well, that's, so people Hawkeye, are looking, that's all it is. It's that's just... it. People are looking for all these like um, all these all these characters that have been left off the posters because of what IMAX said. I think now it's becoming Avengers, aka where's Hawkeye? Because people have got this obsession over him not being on the poster. Can't wait until the film is just ninety percent Hawkeye. It's just the Hawkeye <laughs> yeah. solo film essentially. <laughs> <laughs> We've just been trolled massively. Mate, I would couldn't love find it. There. I was... But but he's on the other side of the world. Would you? Where's everyone gone? <laughs> mm. I would love, piece of the dogs there. Yeah, yeah. I really would love. I don't know if we've we've um, we've covered this in previous discussions. I would love for Avengers Four to be the film where these low level. I say low level. I don't mean like I don't mean any disrespect. But the lower level tier heroes, street level heroes, the less magical, powerful heroes are the ones to resolve this whole conf- uh, this Thanos conflict because that would be amazing set of events. I, I'd like to I'd like to see that visually. It'd be striking. How are these? Arrow shooting, shrinking, growing, um, scrappy hand-to-hand combat heroes supposed to defeat someone so powerful who was taken down. Their gods, their super soldiers, their genius billionaire playboy philanthropist sort of hero. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, uh, that would be, that'd be, a, nice, that'd be yeah. a nice twist. Yeah. I know some people might not want to see that. Some people want to see the spectacle. But in terms of visual storytelling, I think that would be just glorious. That would be an absolute delight. But yeah. yeah. So that, that is my news for the week. The, awesome. hunt, the hunt for Ant-Man. Yeah, honestly, it's great. Honestly, if, if everyone listening, just Google it. Just just Google IMAX poster. No, go into Twitter because Twitter's got some of the best responses. IMAX poster, Ant Man, bullshit. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Search those ha- hashtags. You're gonna have a pleasant time. So yes. what do you got first, Tom? Um, I'm gonna just go so far. The Taylor the tra- Taylor trailer dropping of the new solo movie. Yeah. What I think is restoring a little bit of faith in it. Yeah, I liked it. Um, still not sold on casting for Han Solo, but. I think you'll agree that Donald Glover looks pretty badass as Lando. That's all I'm going for. I'm not fussed about the film because he's got Chewbacca, it's got Donald Glover, two of my favourite things. So Chewbacca's age has been announced, is um, is dropped in it as well. Chewbacca's age. Chewbacca's age, yes. How was it? 157, I think. What, in this film? In this film, it's like a scene where he's like, um, Han goes, you know how to pilot, and then Chewbacca goes, I'm 157, in Wookiee language, obviously. And he just goes, really? 
And he's got a lot of shots as well because obviously they need to sell the toys of the of the fully functional Millennium Falcon complete with a skate pod. Okay. Which if anyone hasn't seen it at the front where you've always had that little gap there, that's yeah. an that's an escape pod. Oh that's sure. why when I saw it I was like, What's going on with the Falcon, man? Yeah, well they've got to sell more toys, don't they? They can't oh, yeah, just sell yeah. the normal one. That's why they put a new sh- uh, new radar dish on it and this one's now got a blue paint job. Obviously Lando think- Lando's got a thing for blue. Okay. Something tells me they haven't sold enough toys. I kind of feel bad for Disney and Marvel because I don't think they have enough money. So we all need to go out and buy the toys that they're going to sell for. Yeah. Can you guys promise me that? I really, I think they're skimping off at the minute. We really need to really need to dig deep into our pockets. Keep this company alive. You know what I mean? Keep them afloat. Only we can do that. They need to get the money for that four billion dollar investment for. Lucasfilm, don't they? I know, man. I'm like. And until they make that crossover, how the duck movie? Fuck, I mean, they're going to be struggling. <laughs> I, mean, I think they they pull their heart and soul. They put that money in for us, for people like us, not for their own sort of. Not for the Star Wars <laughs> land theme parks. No, and no, 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 not for that. Yeah, it's for the fans to tell great All stories, to tell great stories. <laughs> but uh, no, I, I haven't seen the trailer yet, Tom. But I'm going to have a look after this. Looks Something good. It looks very. It looks very, very. It looks like it should be dark, gritty, dirty. Because you weren't sold before, but now I'm you st- seem I'm a lot still happier, not, man. I, I look like... What's it, happened? It's, no. I know what it is. There's the, more the, blue space titty milk, isn't it? That's why you're happy about this. <laughs> I listened to the last one. It's actually green titty milk is what he drinks green in the last year. Right? Okay, jeez. It's blue in the... In, oh, it's and green. You have, oh, right. It's green. Oh, right. So it's no. green. I've got, uh, got my, got my colour titty milk. But it does look quite good. There's a new type of snow trooper, which look pretty good. The fight scenes on the train look cool. Yeah. If it is a train oh, or a carriage, yeah. Or does it feel like a Star Wars film? Because I, I, I'll admit, be honest, I, I wasn't no. a big fan. No. I wasn't the biggest fan of Rogue One. Said it, don't care. Um, but it felt like a Star Wars movie. It's more like a a heist movie. That's cool. But that's what they've always sold it as. Yeah. Well, what would you expect from a Han Solo solo film? The, the, <laughs> the only thing I made you worried about is this because you, you had a director change halfway through it, and that but never birds well. Apparently, they reshot kind of most of it though. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, is it? I'll, I'll, Enric Ulrich Einstein, I can't remember his name. I'm sorry, but yeah, I don't yeah, he, he is had, him. Apparently, yes. he was having trouble on with improv, set with improv and stuff because yeah. you've got guys like Donald Glover and and Woody Harrelson, all these people that can drive you. Have you seen the recent episode of Atlanta? I've oh, no, no, no. I've I, un- I understand why everyone's going what the. I, Let's just say Donald Glover. There's a performance in there. <laughs> yeah. Teddy, is it Teddy something? Teddy something, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. A, the first season. I need to really yeah, catch up on he's that. Interesting. Um, yeah, it looks good. It looks a lot like. Have you ever seen the Firefly episode Train Job? No. Where the rubber train. The whole trailer just reminded me of that episode yeah. of Firefly. Old and Heinrich. Hein- Hein- yeah. Yeah. Heinrich. But it's like one of the one of the bad guys has got like a, a almost lightsaber type whip, hasn't he? Have uh, you seen it? I can't remember. I've only seen it once. Yeah, I've only seen it once, but that's where it came In office, I saw it once on my phone this morning, so yeah. I need to watch it on TV and properly. I need to properly, you know, look at it, examine it, break <laughs> it down, watch other YouTube videos of other people breaking it down, so I know exactly what to expect. Listen to three hour podcast of someone <laughs> so, so, talking yeah. about so, it. So, so everything's spoiled, so I know thing. the entire film before I watch it, and then I can then slag it off afterwards yes. because that's what fanboys do. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't be fanboys if we weren't systematically pulling apart the things that. We claim to make so our identity. <laughs> There's the great someone like, um, like slagged off Last Jedi like they normally do. Like said, oh, I only saw it three times at cinema as opposed to four times I saw the Force Awakens. And so he put and so he put a gif of the um, comic book guy going like leaving the scene like whatever Simpsons like version of um, Star Wars is. It's like that was the worst Star whatever movie ever. I've seen it three times. I will only see it four, four times. times. <laughs> That's true though. It's true. Um, so what we're talking about this week, guys? Animations. Now, Ooh. this we have to say, 
was selected by our first box winner, Mr. Ian Morley. Yeah, it was. Yes, so thank you very much, Ian. This was a fun one. This is I enjoyed this one, and also it's probably worth mentioning that. This is the last episode of the second box. Yes. Yeah. Which is a big one. So that, I think that's going to be a bit more traditional. So the winner of the previous box will set the theme for the last one of that of the new yeah. box. Which yeah. I think it's quite cool because this is different. And also... Um, this has a bonus prize meaning, remember, as well. It's got little Ezra. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I think maybe, maybe the winner should contribute could something little <laughs> yeah. to the box. That's real. That's quite nice because I forgot the little Ezra. So you need, more, you need more incentive to win the box. Not only do you get a free box of goodies, you get to pick something you want to listen to. Yeah, which is... Uh, or you, go to, you get to pick something so you can hear us struggle talk. Yeah, I was going to say, be as difficult or um, as easy as you want to be. Guys. So this yeah. is animation. So this can be animations of anything, like the Turtles cartoon, the X-Men cartoon. But it's um, going to be a comic book kind of t- animation, wasn't it? Was that the rule? But what was it? Anything that could be? I don't know. I I was assuming anything that was pop culture based, pop culture to comic manga sort of yeah, thing, yeah, yeah. Um, sort of stuff. Um, I've kind of yeah, 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 yeah. yeah right. Yeah. Tom, 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 Tom's looking Can at I go like, home and redo my? Uh, yeah, <laughs> should call it there and do it another day. Yeah. Uh, I we'll was just dub yours in. Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was assuming it's like kind of pop culture comics, yeah. but yeah, yeah, yeah. This sort of diaspora. Um, and this was a this was an interesting one. I'm looking forward to it. I kind of am because I had a pretty hectic weekend, so I kind of did mine literally about. You're still writing it now, right? You always speak. That's why this instruction's been so long. I'm hoping because he hasn't finished his actual report that he'll actually be able to finish his report. (laughs) I'm looking at how long. Because he's only written half it, so that should hopefully take him 15 minutes. 15, well, maybe. We'll see. (laughs) Hey, I finished last week. No, I didn't. I finished the week before that. (laughs) Yeah. I finished twice this, this season. This, this season. season. <laughs> this season. <laughs> uh, okay, so who went? Is it Jack first? Jack's me first. first, yeah. Right, I'm setting the clock. Yeah, it is Jack first. Yeah, it is. Um, yeah. Let me, do you want me to. Do you need any sort of instruction or should we just no, go? No, I'll just go for it. Set us okay, off. Okay, set us off. Yeah, oh, I'm trying to put it somewhere. Oh, actually, no. Before we go, Mr. Death Star, how are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> He's good. Sorry, okay, uh, it's, it's nice that our time is the result of the death of millions and millions of granted fictional characters, but, but still is a mass killing machine. He's here to redeem himself. Ah, right, Themself. It's itself. like community service. Yeah, and he's like, he's here to be like, okay, I, I can be friends with people and humans and stuff. You know, I can contribute to society. So, you know, everybody and everything deserves a second chance. He wasn't the one that pushed the button that. He did get a did second chance, though, didn't he? But then someone pushed him towards the dark side <laughs> once again. <laughs> yeah. Did you, you ever think the Thank second Death Star gets a bit of a forgotten about? Everything else seems to be based on the first Death Star, because yeah, that was yeah. nice and finished, but the second Death Star was never really. You, yeah. don't, you don't get a second Death Star egg time, do you? He's, he's saying, hey, watch it, that's that's his cousin you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> I agree with you, it wasn't his fault either. You know, okay, so... This, hey, but things, you are, are, so, are kind of like villain sympathiser. Yeah. There you go. Everybody, come on. Everyone's got a reason. Right. God, it, we're tired. We're on the, t- we're on the clock. Oh, we're on the clock. Can, oh, can man. you see it? Can you see it? I can't me? see it, no. Um, this was a toughie. Um, and I'm sure we all wanted to talk about the Night in his X-Men cartoon, and someone might be doing that, but I'm not going to do it. Um, so this is like our 12th report. Um, we've tackled them all in different ways. I've talked about things I've loved, stuff I know well, but I've also talked about things which have been new to me. And um, this is going to be one of them things. Um, so this starts off with a bit of embarrassment and shame attached, as I've never watched it before. <laughs> <laughs> Kofi's fiddling with me. No, keep going, keep going. So, yeah, this is going to start with a bit of embarrassment and shame as I've never watched this before. Um, But it's highly regarded as an animation 
but it's also highly regarded as a critically acclaimed film as a, and a science fiction film in its own right. I'm not going to tell you what it is yet, I'm going to build up to that. Um, now, it's, it's a genre that I don't have a great knowledge of, um, and I don't have knowledge of its source material either. I know Kofi has some knowledge on the genre, and he'll probably put in a lot during this one, mm. maybe. Mm. And I kind of saw what he's doing, and it might lead well into his. I don't know about Tom. Tom might know it real well, might not know it all. Um, I'm intrigued here. I mean, it's something I've dabbled in, but I'd be exaggerating if I said I had any real knowledge of it, or the subject matter. Now, you might ask why I'm doing it if I've got no knowledge of it. And this podcast isn't just about us reporting to you guys at home. It's about us testing ourselves and exploring and challenging ourselves. Um, so, you guys, you got any idea what I'm going to talk about? It's it sci-fi. Is it Ghost in the Shell? Is it some sort of manga? And is, I think it's a manga anime sort of yeah. uh, version. It could either be Dragon Ball Z, Naruto, or... No, you said it's sci-fi. Ghost in the Shell, Akira, something like that. Oh my god, you've not seen Akira! Oh! oh. <laughs> so yeah, it's a Kira. Um, so yeah, it's a, it's a film from 1988. Uh, oh, it's set in 1988. Oh no, it's not. It's from 1988, set in 2019, um, the very near future. It's a dystopian future, and it involves biker gangs with special powers, military, politics, revolution, and a little bit of romance set in a future metropolis. Now, I was going to do a bit more of a build-up there, but you guessed it pretty easily. Um, so, full disclosure, I haven't read the manga. So this report is going to be solely based on the film. Honestly, if you haven't read the manga, I'm 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 surprised at how many people that have it so long. It's, it's, <laughs> it's so like long. a lot. How, kudos to the production team that managed to squash all that down to the film. Did a great job. Um, so yeah, it's based on the manga of the same name by Katsuya Otomo. Is that how you say it? I spell it. Butchering it. It's a Kat K T S U H I R O Katsuhiro. Otomo. Uh, like I said, it's a dystopian future set in 2019. And it sees Tokyo, or rather new t- near Tokyo, after an explosion in 1998 destroys... Katsuhiro. Katsuhiro. Destroys Tokyo, and the new t- near Tokyo is riddled by crime and corruption. And the city is engulfed in an anti-government protest, and there's lots of biker gangs and stuff like that. So, Canada, or Canada, our leader... The guy you see on the DVD cover, the posters. I mean, let's just talk about that cover for a bit. It's so iconic. It is, isn't it? And mm. even like, even though I'd never seen the film, if you show me that, I'd be like, that's Akira. Akira. Like, yeah. Um, that whole, it kicked off a whole style, didn't it? Yeah, like, yeah. And the colours, didn't they? They ran out of colours, didn't they, for production? Did they? Yeah, that's why it took so long, because the different colours of the, <laughs> the night time <laughs> in Tokyo, they were like, we physically can't afford to buy any more <laughs> So yeah, that whole thing is just so iconic. And he's the leader of one of the, these biker gangs, uh, the Capsules. And the film begins as he leads his group against a group called the Clowns. Um, and his friend, his lifelong friend, Tetsuo, um, is involved in a crash with this sort of like strange child creature with psychic abilities. Uh, and then the army come, take Tetsuo away, and they begin experimenting on him. He gains powers and abilities which ultimately become too much for him, and he's consumed by them. Um, Canada hopes to save his friend, searches for him, and confronts him. While all this is going on, the characters are also wrapped up in a political coup d'etat, which is tied to everything which has gone on in the history of this world. I mean, the story is fantastic. It's a true high-concept, fantastical sci-fi. The music and animation are out of this world. I mean, 
it's an adult film, it's gory, it really pushes the boundaries of animation. And while researching it, I learned that it uh, it actually learned it actually helped to improve the standard of animation within anime overall. There was a lot of just static heads and moving mouths in mm. anime until Akira sort of changed it all. Was that in like in terms of how it flowed and yeah. design and the cityscapes and yeah? And yeah. Uh, there's a, I'll come to a bit later about use of CGI and stuff like that, which animation didn't do until Akira and stuff like that. Just out of curiosity, how come, what is it about it, even though you've known it's part of this pop culture world, it's so iconic, how come you haven't seen it? Is it just a time I just, thing? I just like never got around to it and I'm not. That's the thing, we're doing it. I've, I've got to admit, it, it, I only saw it for the first time about two, three years ago and that's just because Cult Cinema Sunday had it on. Right. And so my, my mate Lewis, who was a big manga anime fan, even though that's not, this isn't one of his favourite ones. In fact, he's, he's got a lot of high on ones since we all went to go see it because yeah. of that, because I've never seen it before. And it has a bit of a special place in my heart because that's the first time I won the tiebreaker on the quiz there as well. <laughs> <laughs> For guessing how film many... Film was shit, but I got the tiebreaker. No, no, I thought the film was really, really good. Joke. And it's actually amazing um, how many pop culture references I recognised from it what yeah. are now in Western... Yeah, yeah. Even South Park has done a parody of it at one point. Mm. Like, and so much like story tropes and like stylings and sort of like even plot points and stuff come from Akira. Like... It's, yeah. I thought like they, there was the first time I kind of really started to see anti-heroes as a thing because they were a gang yeah, out there and you yeah. grow up yeah, yeah. as a kid I remember seeing when I was quite young and you think these are bad kids because they were probably 80s, 90s kids leather jackets running around on motorbikes saying hey pigs you know your typical sort of <laughs> yeah. cheesy badass thing you think why am I rooting for these but, guys but up until maybe li- like early 2000s a lot of Japanese culture had the kids as being either anti-establishment or being persecuted, I think Battle Royale be another yeah. be another key thing about this. Yeah, yeah. Even though it's about ten years later, it still kind of yeah. fits in that kind of theme. That was a randomly generated sort of. It would randomly generate a school that would be sent to the <laughs> island to to be taught lessons. Be other kids, if you mess around, your class is going to end up in this situation. If anyone hasn't seen Battle Royale as well, it's just a, a brilliant, which was ripped off blatantly by the Hunger Games. Yeah, yeah and yeah. several other stuff. Yeah, yeah. sorry, um, yeah. Back to my <laughs> um, so the film had an unconventionally high budget for anime uh, it had a lot of interested uh, finances and that's because of how important the, the manga was to people and how people thought shit we're going to need a lot of money to bring this what, magnus opus to sort mm. of screen because it's huge isn't it when you look at the amount of books involved in it so Akira broke from the sort of like limited animation of the anime which was currently around like I said it was a lot of still heads and just the basic mouth lip thinking whereas Akira had more detailed scenes and the dialogue was all pre-recorded so they literally synced up the animation to fit the dialogue we cool. already had which in western animation was a way of working but it wasn't how anime was generally produced okay. and since then it has been done like that Yeah. Um, the film can only really exist as an animation and because you needed to sort of like fully realise this like futuristic Turkey and I just don't think it would have been achievable especially in that time as live action um, and that's probably why it's still been stuck in development hell a live action remake of it mm. although mm. the wheels have started turning again and it's starting to get back in motion so Spike, we might see something Spike Lee was rumoured to be one of the directors I'll go through later there's some, there's some big names are being like, attached to it oh they did it didn't they with Josh Brolin didn't they I swear there's been no Josh Brolin that was um he did the remake of Old Boy. Well, that was it, yeah. Um, so yeah, the the film was incredibly well received. I mean, it went around at the time, but if you go on Rotten Tomatoes, it's got eighty five percent fresh. 
and it's quoted as being Akira is a distractingly bloody and violent but is a phenomenal animation and sheer kinetic energy helps set the standard for modern anime and I'd argue modern films if you accept that this came before a lot of the action films we've had in the last 20 odd years um, the modern success of anime particularly in the US owes a lot to Akira and it's widely seen as a landmark film and one of the all time greatest animations as a whole um, the success of subsequent franchises such as Naruto, Pokemon, Dragon Ball Z are all said to a lot to Akira. I've never seen many of them besides that. <laughs> and it really paved the way for um, films that... You can see influences in films like The Matrix, Chronicle, Looper, Inception. And even, like, Stranger Things draws a lot on similar themes and topics. The government experimenting on mm. kids and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Um, and its impact has been likened to films like Blade Runner and 2001. Cool. And, I mean, I love Blade Runner. And I can, like... I've seen Blade Runner more times. I can count every version of it. (laughs) (laughs) All, yeah. And I can definitely see the similarity in the sort of setting and the world. And when I was writing this and watching the film, I was thinking, in fact, I can't even say, I always butcher names, but Dennis Felinvu, who did the recent 2049, I was was thinking he could really tackle, he could tackle Akira. I'd I'd put him with a shout on that. Mm. Beautiful landscapes. For the record, I've just had a look now. Taika Waititi. Um, that's what I was is, just uh, going to come to. That, um, really? In the last in the last couple of years, you had names like um, George Miller. Oh uh, my God! Oh, incredible. Hell. Yeah, you had. Um, <laughs> that was odd. Yeah. George, George Miller on, on, on Akira. Fantastic. Yeah. Jordan Peele turned it down, didn't he? Oh shit! You did. Yeah. I so was that. So you just got different minds on yeah. something. Yeah. See, you. But when I saw that Taika Waititi was doing it, I was like, "That's absolutely perfect." Mm. When you when so, you look at what he did with Thor, and how he mixed genres together. Akira definitely needs someone who can switch the genre instantly and mix comedy with violence and. There is some comedic bits it's in really it. Really yeah. fucking funny, like deliberately funny, not just funny because of like it being cheesy. Like there's jerks in there. There's actual like humour in it. So yeah. it needs that that person who can infuse uh, it, comedy with action. Do you think they'd still do a live action film after the very lukewarm reception Ghost in the well, Shell got? Well, Titi has said that he wouldn't white cast the whitewash the yeah. uh, actor, which yeah. I don't know, I think the story would be ace in live action. I was thinking about the end, I don't want to spoil it, but when you sort of see Tetsuo's change... Mm. Yeah. That'd be very hard to do. Very hard to do. Yeah, but they didn't do that sort of thing in Watchmen, did they? Because it, you just think it might look comical. Well, the check completely changed in Watchmen, yeah, didn't they? Yeah, but like, can something so grotesque and huge... I think it could. I think Can it could it work. But no, I think if, if 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 the story's done right and the character attachment is done, and you can expect this, type and you of nail thing, the turn, so that need, when yeah. you put this absurd, not it's not absurd, but this like it's almost could, OTT, isn't yeah, it? This OTT yeah. thing at the end. Can you still embrace it? Is yeah. everything that you're right as, as long as it, it builds up to it in the right way. Especially this whole like cyberpunk kind of movement, you could definitely. I think you could. You could do it around that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm down for that if he's going to do it. I'm sold already. Um, the plot is complex at times and I think I definitely need to watch it again um, <laughs> it certainly doesn't treat the audience as an idiot, you're left to sort of deduct much of what's going on yourself um, so that's quite good, I like smart films which treat the audience as smart people um, but it's also it's full of heart and style it's full of style, it's incredible I mean I spent most of the film thinking whether I could pull off Canada's red jacket and his jeans combo <laughs> and also where do I get a bike like that yeah. and how do I learn to ride a bike like that <laughs> um, 
I was also kind of wishing I could pull off Tetsuo's cape look. Yeah. But that's just like so conversation for another day. It's so bootleg, isn't it? <laughs> but he rocks it. Yeah. I just like how he rips it off and manages to perfectly form it around his shoulders <laughs> in like one swoop. Um, He's got no shoes either. I think it's the no shoes I'll do the job. Okay. Uh, can you do two minutes? How long? I don't know. Yeah, keep going, keep going, keep going. Um, so uh, that was my first and only time watching the film and it's a truly landmark piece and I can understand and appreciate why it has a cult following um, it's been critical players and it's and it's influences on not just anime but in films in general is like profound yeah um, the film used CGI before Disney did in its animated films so in that terms it's groundbreaking in its production not just its story the music and soundtrack is incredible the relationship between Kaneda and Tetsuo one resentful and angry, the other confident and loose and free-loving. They're friends, but there's an animosity. That trope has been used time and time since then, and it's quite iconic. Um, the scope of the film is massive. Um, don't, spoilers, but it literally ends with the creation of a new universe. It's literally bonkers in every form of the word. Um, the film is fantastic, and I'm going to start reading the manga. I'm all in now. I mean, the, the film only barely touches on what Akira is like you only really get hints at Akira so I don't know if Akira himself itself is in mm. the manga more uh, but I can't wait to learn more although the manga is huge and the film doesn't cover it all um, I mean the source material is highly regarded and apparently this is a decent adaptation of it so I should have done it last week as well but yeah I'm in Akira man it was awesome, awesome. brilliant um, we are you finished is that <laughs> yeah, the am I real you got, early you, you got like like literally about two minutes, about a minute to go. Oh, it's going to go off in a sec. Yeah. Um, Can I just I talk how much of a scare chaser he is in it? Canada, he's constantly chasing scare. <laughs> constantly. Oh. oh. We, um, we might just have to switch studios because I didn't <laughs> realise these guys were using it. So we're going to take a brief interval and we'll be right back. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so sorry about that. We just had we just had to have a brief break and change studios. Um, but Jack's just an amazing. If you've seen Akira, Jack just started metamorphosizing, absorbing all the technology, and he's all he's all in. He's all in. He's all about all this. In. Akira. And I now have a cape on. And I've got a cape on. I'm surprised you haven't seen it. I know, and I was surprised at myself, disappointed, ashamed, embarrassed. But you're going to start reading it. Then. I'm going to start reading it. Yeah. Well, well, did Akira start setting the branch parts? Because I've never really seen much Japanese manga, but. I've never seen anything before that, you know, with like the whole spiky hair look and things out, which you do see. It seems to be a bit of a trope, really, doesn't it, in a lot of Japanese stuff. What? People having big spiky hair? Yeah. I think that's just kind of the... Well, actually, you know, you look at... You look at things like in One Piece, where the main character's got a bowl cut, and, like, styles, I think, in manga, they've always played fast and loose with them, haven't they? They've always been a bit out there, a bit different. They've always reflected a character's personality. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I think it adds more when there's tension and when there's moments like you look at the for instance the Super Saiyan transformation yeah. you know going from normal just black spiky hair to kind of big blonde spiky hair to long <laughs> blonde spiky yeah. hair and it's glowing it's like I think I, I, I see that as that's a trope isn't it it's yeah. in a I know they obviously they, they influence a lot of the they kind of set the style don't they because they want things to look a certain way mm. yeah and quite often a lot of like the main characters in anime and manga will be dressed in orange yeah. because they want to 
honor the traditions of Buddhist monks yeah, and the yeah. ideals and the power. I just, and like, like one thing I heard was they deliberately draw the eyes big and round to get rid of like especially American racial stereotype of, mm. of you know slanted eyes. Yeah, and that's what they wants to try and get away from that to show look. This is not what we're like. This, this is, is how how Japanese people. Are. I, I just enjoyed like finding something completely new. I could like get into because um, I haven't read or watched any manga or anime really besides what I've caught here and there. Yeah. I mean, I've seen um, Cowboy Bebop and. That's amazing. Yeah, and but I've only seen the movie, not seen any of the show or anything like that. I haven't read any of it, so like I've now got this massive world to go and explore. Yeah. So that's pretty exciting. I generally generally enjoyed it. They started doing a lot of American shows that are based on that kind of style, like um, Boondogs and... The Boondogs? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That, that was very much based on... Oh, is... Yeah, no, 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 just carry on. <laughs> oh, right, okay then. I thought it was... No, I loved it. I fucking yeah. loved that. Because then didn't have Sam Jackson as well doing a, one of the voices as well. Afro Samurai. Oh, yeah. Oh, in the Boondogs. Yeah. I think he voiced... Yeah, I think he did something. I think he did a feature I'm sure then. I remember seeing something... Just about I, everybody I, I don't know did. if it was that or something else, which had, like, a, a black and white police detective and had like a different like the black guy was played by a white guy and the white guy was played by or voice sorry that, I think that might have been the boondocks because that's some sort of, that's the type of parody that they would do yeah uh, no the boon yeah I know what you mean like you've got Voltron as well haven't you yeah that's going back onto so Netflix how do you think I did stuff. in terms of explaining it have I did I gather enough of it do you think yeah I think it was a, I think it was a good like oral it was a good like history of what Akira is and how it looks yeah. for someone who's never watched it before. Yeah, and that's always my angle because I'd studied like um, like the politics of the media industry. Like That's how I look at everything mm. in terms of yeah. like what came behind it equally as much as what's in it. So hopefully it was a hopefully it was good. It was a huge influence, especially on the Western side mm. of things. Yeah. Oh, okay. Cool. I think you're up now, Kofi. Yeah. Well, let me give you this. <laughs> uh, okay, so... I'm looking at fight scenes in anime that um, improve or move forward different types of storytelling. So at the end of the day, people love a good fight. You know, people love a bit of action and it can be like perfectly crafted and, you know, or the well choreographed scenes that we saw in the Star Wars prequel movies. I was, I've got, I've literally <laughs> written in pause for dead. For dead no, no, I, 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 I was waiting for some sarcastic comment because I think the lightsaber battle, especially in the first one, is, is awesome. It's, oh, with Maul. Okay. No, I thought Maul's are incredible. incredible. I that, thought they were good. But I guess Ray Parker was a very, very A lot of flipping and spinning and stuff. Like, I like the raw bits that you saw in like Empire and Pretend Jedi. Anyway, um, or like fights. <laughs> Not animated. You know, you know, like, <laughs> or it's like raw is formed, you know, like you see on World Star. I'm like, we're humans, we're all lads here. We're testosterone, we're weapons. <laughs> uh, seeing people go at it, you know, I mean, in our heads, we we make silent bets to ourselves on like who's going to get sparked out. It's kind of a exhilarating. Like in modern day, some of our highest paid athletes are fighters. They're revered, they're respected, you know, they're adored, you know, they're, you know, they're a they're a byproduct of what comes with being able to chin someone out and that is something that so, I sorry can I just put down start. coincidentally call, anyone see Colin McGregor this week chucking the trolley oh, through a bus idiot. window I mean, it's like WWF isn't it it, 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 it is not it oh, I don't know it felt a bit like bit, um, a bit it's all a bit staged yeah it felt yeah. a bit very, very he probably, he's, he's probably going to end up on WWF it's, <laughs> some, it's something you'd expect to see on Raw yeah he's yeah. probably going to end up there Give it two years. I know Ronda Rousey's there, anyway. Yeah. Um, but I'm looking at Naruto by Masashi Kishimoto. Now, this is a story of a hyperactive blonde-haired kid whose goal and his ultimate desire for people who haven't watched it is to become the Hokage of his village. Now, essentially, the Hokage would be like your, it's like your town mayor, uh, who's totally jacked and can kick anyone's ass because he can, and also because he's like the best fighter. No one else can 
kick his ass so he can but Hokage Hokage doesn't do that because they lead by example which is why they're the Hokage you know and Naruto wants to be the Hokage because he can he wants to feel accepted do you want to say um, Hokage a few more times Hokage, <laughs> Hokage, Hokage, Hokage. um Anyway, like people think Hokage, eh, Hokage, sorry, people, th- <laughs> <laughs> Hokage. people think Naruto, this kid's a joke, and like they say he can never become the Hokage, but by shaking off the haters and doing his own thing, you know, he plows on and reaches his goal. He's a kid who's been gifted, and I say gifted, with a nine-tailed demon fox um, inside of him, and you know, this kind of made him a bit of a pariah of the village of Kanha, where he's from. You know, the, Ku- the QB, which is a nine-tailed fox, the QB is because it's Q, is the Japanese word for nine and B tails, um, Level the village whilst it was being trans- transported from him to transplanted from him from his mother to himself, and because people suck and they want someone to blame, they blame him. So anyway, the whole Naruto thing follows the story of his friendship of Naruto's friendship with this kid called Sasuke, who essentially I see him as like an emo Voldemort with hair, um, <laughs> and he gives Naruto a really hard time for being himself, like so much that Sasuke ends up leaving the village to join a group of like assassin terror terrorists, basically. You know, in order to get stronger, and you know, Sasuke does a series of flip flops, where it, where his loyalties lie with Naruto and the village to against him, and if they all they have a final showdown at the end of the series. Is this set in present time or set in the past or future? It's a really weird history. I would say it's a completely different timeline, which it seems to go from a there's a huge gap of history where things are quite primitive, not primitive, but it would be like going from the 13th century to the like going from the 13th century to like today in the space of like three generations do you know what i mean the 13th century would be like the 12th 1200s to like the two late you know to be like the 19th 19th century to like to the 2000s in like three generations that's what it appears to look like it's sometimes with the changes in technology and how people dress but it's in its own world in itself like there's electricity they have technology and stuff like that in the current narrator um, timeline and um, the essence of the show is literally about giving is not about giving is the essence of the show is about not giving up it's literally about fighting what you're believing and doing it for the people uh, around you um, and what I'm going to talk about is like all the the hand-to-hand combat essentially it's called um, Taijutsu now um, the, all the characters are essentially in ninja school and as they progress from getting which is entry level to tuning which is mid-level to journey which is top level the te- next the techniques they learn become a lot more advanced uh, as they learn about all about the elements of fighting ninjutsu which is all about kind of special attacks and nindo which i'll talk about in a bit and genjutsu which is more like illusion um, illusions and taijutsu which i said was hand-to-hand system these abilities are powered by chakras um, which follow buddhist and Taoist sentiments you know of kind of body and sp- spiritual energies which you know, ninjas could enhance through physical physical training. But today we're looking at, like, the storytelling through taijutsu, through hand-to-hand combat. So every fight in Naruto is driving a story forward, you know what I mean? Like, it has reasons to tell some Even sort of Even the ones where they're tone. fighting for the full episode. Yes. And they're just going, ah! Yeah, yeah I'm going to come, to, I'm gonna come, I'm gonna come <laughs> to that. And the difference between those episodes and the ones that I'm going to talk about today. It's like, um, so each fight has a reason. It tells some sort of emotional tale with all the people involved in it. It's like in a musical, when... Some someone has a revelation or someone wants to drive the story forward and you know there's a musical number singing and dancing Brian Lee O'Malley does this perfectly in Scott Pilgrim Scott Pilgrim versus the world where they're in the perfect, perfectly simplest fashion each time Scott encounters one of Ramona's boyfriend um, you know they, they break out into a fight it's not, it's not an anime I know it's just a really sweet comic manga hybrid that like a lot of hipster, hipster indie kids 
love because Ma- Michael Sarah is their spirit animal. Tom oh, no, 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 not the film, not the film <laughs> Michael Sarah. Tom did really. He was the worst. He was the worst one at that film. Anyway, the two fights I'm looking at are Naruto in Naruto. The two big ones, but not not a lot of people give him enough credit because there's not enough ah and power stuff. It's Naruto versus Sasuke's final fight at the end, and also Obito and Kakashi's fight. So these two fights, right? They really tell a really personal story in this way because I. You know, I haven't seen anything done like this since before the first time I stayed up. I was like 12 years old and I stumbled on Battle Royale and thought this is going to be some pleasant coming of age trip <laughs> of like Japanese teenagers on a team building exercise. Oh, how I was wrong. That was the feeling. That was the sort of thing, shock I got from being like, oh my God, this is a totally different type of story time. So in both fights, there's an amazing lack of dialogue. Like when a lot of a, ma- a lot of ma- manga and anime, there's loads of like like Jackie like in Dragon Ball Z, so people are like ah Goku ah Freezer ah there's lots of that and like two episodes go by and the other guys finally start going nah he's powering up going ah I'm gonna kick your ass um, it deviates a lot a lot away from that like and even commentary from the spectators like oh my god Goku's getting really mad ah there's loads of all that and comments back to someone thinking like yeah he's still really mad and cuts cuts back to someone screaming. None of that in these fights. Um, here have you have these fighters going head to head using fists, kicks, flips, you know, which I feel is a lot more personal. Like lose, lose, using your hands and feet to show how much you hate someone in anime and manga is like choosing whether to attack someone by, I don't know, hitting them across the head with a baseball bat or using a projectile. It's like that. It's that sort of difference. Like this, in these two fights, the scene flips from integrating moments, uh, integrating moments of their past history. Like for instance, with Obito and Kakashi, they'll be going at each other hand to hand using little bits of ninjutsu, where they might kind of use hand signs and seals to activate their chakra to might, you know, to create a mud wall from the ground or to expel fire from their hands. Nothing, nothing dissimilar to what you've seen. Um, played on something like uh, Street Fighter, but it kind of f- uses flashbacks. So you might have Kakashi coming in flying in with a punch and then it will just cut to the f- past where obviously fans of the show know that Kakashi and Obito were on the same squad, but they used to, there was a rivalry there and used to spar and it'll show them sparring in front of their old class, but then they'll be moving in ways that they're moving like they're moving in the same way in the modern time. So you've got them fighting, throwing kicks and punches and then it'll just Someone will do a move like chuck a kunai, which is like a ninja dagger, and the kunai will go across the screen. It'll be almost do a wipe, and a kunai is flying back in the present day time, and the fight continues, and they're moving in a similar style as they were in the, in the flashback. But then, because they've grown and they're older, and there's a rivalry here, these two characters have grown and developed. Someone's going to integrate, like, okay, they might make that ninja, um, that ninja dagger explode or something. Do you know what I mean? So you can see how they've gotten a better and advanced with their move. Um, and it, it dances between the two the two scenes in a really really sort of kind of poetic and fluid thing. So you can see that there is a history between these two characters, but also that they have moved on and they've been in the progress. Does that make a bit? Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. I'm going to post these up on when we post the episode. Um, the same thing happens in a Naruto Sasuke Naruto and Sasuke's big big fight with like Sasuke using when I said about hand signs. So they used to have to use certain hand signs to create jutsu. Sasuke uses Naruto's hand to perform certain ninjutsu. It's almost like a perfect metaphor saying, I need you. They, they have this really tight, well, tight, but sort of ruptured friendship by him having to actually physically reach out to use Naruto's hand to kind of form a complete circle of chakra is almost by saying, it's almost like the anime manga of the, when Harry met Sally, is it you? <laughs> you, know, you complete me. Is that the right film? The, no, yeah, no, that, no, 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 no. It's got Tom Cruise and That's McGuire. not when ha- No, that, uh, you yeah. complete me. No, Jerry Maguire. Jerry Maguire, that's, that's almost that sort of version of it. 
uh, which is pretty much how I see their relationship. Um, yeah, so like in Sasuke is constantly, he knows that Naruto needs to do a certain hand sign to make his powers, to use his ninjutsu, and he's constantly in that fight, stopping him from completing that circle. Now, Naruto throughout the whole season, oh, throughout the whole thing of, of and the whole Naruto season, he's trying to move forward with his goals and being Hokage, but he's constantly sidetracked by Sasuke and this really wanting to save him, wanting to be part of the village, wanting to be his friend, that he puts that aside. So I was reading it into like, that is kind of a metaphor on what is of a reflection of their relationship. Sasuke physically stopping him from being able to use his powers and move forward in and, and in this fight as he has done this whole entire season. And and you see this kind of, you see a moment with Obito and Kakashi in the same way where when I said that, you know, there was flashbacks with Obito and Kakashi, Obito interacts with his younger version, on the younger self, literally from the flashback, like Kakashi kicks Obito's ass and he reaches down to shake his hand. But as Obito, young Obito is about to shake his hand, you see almost Obito fall back as the older Obito pulls himself, pulls the younger version of himself behind and goes into lane to Kakashi. And all this time there's no music. All you hear is just like fist, you know, slashes and stuff. So it's beautiful. You're very concentrated on the battle. And it's like, this happens on Naruto and Sasuke's final fight. Um, and I'll, I'm kind of jumping ahead there, but I'll kind of come back to that. Um, and it's quite cool because the scale of these fights, in a sense of Naruto, you've got like the fate of the world isn't really on the line here, which is a big deal in this whole universe. But you're rooting for the outcome of what is going to happen to their friendship, which is quite nice. So it's, I like how it, it scales that issue down. Is Naruto a story about, say, Naruto and the world? Or is it more about that friendship between Naruto and Sasuke and... It starts off as that sort of friendship, but then on the way to repair that friendship and what is happening in the world around it, he has to, he's got a duty and dedication to be able to kind of lend his power, his skills to that universe. And it's amazing because like I said, there's no, with a lack of dialogue, you know, with a lack of dialogue, you know, no narrative, in in lack of dialogue and in narrative and Sasuke's fight, there's no music at all. The footwork, the punches, all you see is the fight. All that matters to you is the fight because you're in their minds. All that matters to those two in those moments. No talking, no discussion. We're just going to fight it out. It's raw. People knock each other out. There's almost like a, the final bit of the fight, the knackered, it's sundown. You know they've been fighting all day and all night. They're just trading punches, blow by blow. Teeth are getting knocked out and all this sort of stuff. But it just slowly starts on a wide. And for two minutes, you just see them just... Psh, 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 falling into the river and it just slowly pans in. And it's almost knackering to watch you think, oh my God, because you're in that moment where it's slowly focusing in on what's happening. And just how it shoots that, I just think it's absolutely beautiful. And like, there's a moment, that moment's not in the manga, you can't get that from the page, you just know they've been trading blurts. But that element of time that is shown in the anime, I just thought that is beautiful. And like, to end the fight, they finish with their signature moves. Naruto with his Rasengan, which is like a wind-based move, and Sasuke with his Chidori, which is electricity-based move. Each time they power up their final moves, you, there's a focus close-up on the hands. And each as the hands are about to collide, you see this image of the people who have loved them, who have helped them through their journey, lend them a bit of their power. But Naruto's got loads of people like Jiraiya, Kakashi, his teacher Kura, and Sasuke only has one with his brother. Now, this gives an insight to these, where these characters are coming from. Naruto, he started off alone, a p- pariah. Hated with no one. Now the village hero finally being accepted. He's got all these people driving him behind him. Sasuke wanted nothing more than to kill his brother. Found strength in knowing his brother loved him and that he was the, the one spiritual figure that helped him through the end when his whole goal was to kill him. And I thought, seeing these little bits visually, which they, you don't really show in the manga, it's very, like, it's very touching. 
And that almost kind of completes their individual stories with the people around them. Naruto's goal to be accepted, finally has acceptance and love and power to carry on. Sasuke's hatred, driven by hatred and revenge of his brother, the one thing that kept him going at the end was that love that his brother had for him. And it was just like, it's just a nice way of kind of wrapping up the stories with this extended cast and evolving and, you know, making a conclusion there and showing that the only story that this book needed at this point was what was going to happen between Naruto and Sasuke. I'm like, there's some huge... Oh, I was literally about to sum up. So, yeah, but that's pretty much it. Like, there's some huge fights in Naruto, like flashy Dragon Ball Z, Bleach style, and the slickness of these moments that these two specific fights I've spoken about. There's more of an investment of the heart as opposed to just getting, like, everyone just getting raging semis going, ah! You get over a lot of big, flashy Naruto things, and these moments stand out more because... Naruto has a lot of those moments and it moved away from those taijutsu things and everybody just got overpowered. Yeah, it was great to hear how like the actual animation and the sort of the filmic qualities animation can bring help to influence the oh, fight. Yeah. Like that the idea of zooming in slowly on a fight which has been going on for ages and that that is quite a tiring experience to watch. Yes. Because there's no cuts in it. Mm. So like you'll be surprised how keeping on a certain scene for so long you get tired as an audience watching it and that mm. sort of the ability to fit to sort of in the structure of the film feel the immersion of the film yeah, it's yeah. like that that's real interesting I, I'm like everything I mentioned I've got clips ready to post so when we post the episode because it is like even out of context you can watch the animations and it's just it's simply superb and because I was going to I was going to say in this moment because I was going to I'll save it I've said I've got to put a part to save after the buzzer there's um, Naruto the budgets they had 967 episodes you're right Tom Um, but every episode was done by weekly deadline so the animators couldn't keep up this high quality slick stuff so sometimes I wouldn't say it lacked but when they focus on big moments like these it was just slick the colouring the shading the grading was just a little bit different and you knew that, okay, this fight's going to be big. How many episodes did you say? 900. When was this done? I mean, I'm, I'm not big on this Naruto kind of thing. So I don't know. about two years ago. Two, three, it's been running since... The oh, manga yeah. was running from 99. Wow. And the anime, I think, started in 2001. That's insane. Does it, is it done by seasons, or did it just come out weekly forever? Oh, it was weekly. It was weekly. And occasionally, it paused for a couple of weeks. But each time, the, for, to allow the manga to catch... To, to allow the manga to get ahead, they would... Um, they would just do fillers. So Naruto yeah. is renowned for having long fillers, which didn't really contribute to the story, but they added a little well, bit. That's what they're doing with Attack on Titan, and they're, yeah. they're letting that write loads more manga, so they don't overtake it. So they don't have is to do Is it fillers. the same creative team? No, the, well, it's the same. It's the writer and his assistant. His assistant took over telling the manga story, but there's different animation teams that have worked on the, the, um, the anime at different okay. points. But I think that some of these moments where, and I'll, I've got them, I'll also upload videos of these fights Madara versus the Ninja Alliance, Asuma versus Hidan, Naruto versus Pain. And I think they might have had the same guys because it just moves so fluidly. It's, those fight scenes, you watch them, you just think, this is incredible. Oh, wow. Yeah. That was so, really good. Really good, really fun facts. Um, there's a Sasuke and Naruto, the Sasuke and Naruto fight, which is based shot for shot. On Bruce Lee wow. movements, and there's a I'll do I'll Naruto and Ben and Neji. When you mentioned the Boondocks, Boondocks did also shot for shot of a moment in their fight, which oh. they kind of mirrored in one of the. What, what's episodes. your favorite fight scene then from Naruto? Oh, I, it would have to be the Obito and Kakashi one because that the when I've seen that I was like I've watched it so many times because the fl- the way it jumps from the current fight to the flashback yeah. and back and forth, especially with that 
older Obito pulling younger Obito back to fight Nick Kakashi. And it's just basic ninjutsu, which they left a long time ago in Naruto to do flashy moves. It was just two expert ninjas. You'd expect them to be flashing stuff, but it's basics. It's kunai, it's smoke bombs. It's what you'd expect ninjas to be rather than overpowered stuff. Sounds really cool. Yeah, it's good. It's definitely worth a watch. All 900? (laughs) Oh, no, there's 900. I think 967 epis... um, What do you call it? Chapters. Yeah. I know, I think, no, it's episodes because it's Naruto 699 was the final one. Okay, cool. Yeah. Yeah, so that's it. Wow, that was good. Very good, yeah. I mean, I didn't know anything about that, so yeah, it's yeah. an interesting um, interesting premise for something. I was, I was like, okay, this it's got to be fighting in anime. When you talk about animation, I was like, anime anime fight scenes are the best. It, and it was quite difficult to choose what to do. There was a few things on YouTube that I... I, thought, I always about. thought you were going to do Naruto. Did you? Yeah. What for animation? For yeah. animation. It's just so good. Yeah. Good story, really heartfelt, and... Yeah. Oh shit. Yeah, sorry. You are recording, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I am. I just keep looking at the. I do it all the time. I keep looking at what studio and what. What's recording? <laughs> it's just a. No. Are you ready, Tom? I am ready. So go straight into it then. Okay, so as with previous podcasts, I sometimes tend to go things a little bit out of the ordinary. <laughs> I can't wait for this. And you'll be surprised because originally I thought this is quite normal, but after what you two spoke about, this is out of the ordinary compared to what you two have talked about. <laughs> so I have asked, gone, I'm asking the question, as I've kind of realised I do in a lot of podcasts, is I start off with a question and see if we can answer it. Okay. Um, is Batman the Animated Series the best portrayal of the Batman? Or the Batman it's, universe. It's started a lot of people's journey off, I think. People it, are very familiar with it. it, it to me, that's, that's what I think of that's what I think of Batman. That's what I'm gonna, the yeah. style, the fake fu- or the fake past, the sort of the style of the cars, the buildings, Gotham. Hmm. The way I visualise Gotham is, is from, that. from that. Well that's what yeah, because I think for me this was one of my this along with the Adam West Batman sixty six series was kind of my first introduction into Batman because I was a bit too young to then watch Batman and Batman Returns because they were rated 15 at the time and I was I would have been like, you know, about five, six, seven years old, something like that when they first came out. So for obvious reasons, I never watched them. So this is like one of the first starting points I had to it. So in case anyone's a bit unfamiliar with Batman the Animated Series, it's often been described as being the best animated adaptation comic book of all time. And in fact, in some cases, it's usually been voted as being the second best animated series of all time behind The Simpsons. Mm. Now, I think if people were to relook at things these days with what The Simpsons has become, I think there's good reason to say this has been number one, right. really, because of just what came into it. Because even though it came when it came out, it was a kids what was supposed to be a kids TV show. It's very, very, very adult orientated, and yeah. I don't think you really get that these days. I don't know if just I didn't know if it was just me growing up watching animated shows these days based on comic books or things like that but i guess it is now mainly very disney-fied mm. i mean yeah. if you look at like what warner has got going now you've got like the teen titan teen titans go and things like that which again young is, justice and things. yeah young yeah. justice yeah i mean they do do adult themed ones but they're movies. like direct yeah, yeah movies or you know mini series direct to dvd those kind of things but they don't do like a 
a full-on adult series. I suppose you kind of got Vixen, which is set in the same universe as Flash and Arrow. Mm. I've not quite caught all that, though, which no, is, yeah. is going for a bit more of the adult route. But, yeah. but in terms of in the 90s, it was a bit more... It was more defined as being more adult-oriented or even yeah. supposed to be a kid's cartoon series. Because even Harley Quinn was like... Very raunchy, very raw, uh, yeah, well, very yeah. sexually suggestive. Yeah, stuff. yeah, I mean, that's one kind of get, get onto oh, her. Um, I mean, to give a bit of a uh, background into what the animated shows was, it ran from September the 5th, 1992 to, to the September 15th in 1995 with a total of 85 episodes. Mm. Isn't uh, the universe bigger than that, though? Oh, the universe gets much bigger. This is just the core very yeah. first. Yeah. Uh, well, first, it was two seasons. One season of 60 episodes, which they had to do lots of so they could get it syndicated. Yeah. Uh, or 65, I think. And then the other 20 was season two. Okay. But then after that... then more than that. You like... know, but then after that, you then had the new Batman Adventures, okay. which then incorporated a lot more Robin and Nightwing into it. Yeah. And then from that, then, it then expanded even more and more. So you had the Adventures of Superman. Yeah. You had the Justice the Justice League. Um, oh, is that so? That so Justice League and Justice League Unlimited is part of this. That's universe. part of this universe as well. Oh, yes, right. so, okay. I, part of, well, really? Justice League. Going back a bit. For, well, going back into more. You also had the Batman Beyond series, which yeah. then you That's had that run at the same time as Justice League, and I think it was too much, so they decided to then focus on the Justice League as yeah. opposed to Batman Beyond. Um, but yeah, it, it was this huge, big animated universe, and I think it's one thing to say that film-wise, DC don't seem to do very, very good at creating a shared universe like Marvel do. Yeah. But TV-wise, DC are brilliant at doing that. Mm. You can look at now what they call the Arrowverse. And, yeah. they've been, and they've been doing that, but they've been doing it bit by bit, like one season at a time, introduce new characters and either mm. put them in spin-offs and things like that. Mm. Even Supergirl started something separate, but they slowly integrated her into the whole of the mm. into the universe. They've Barry got- Allen started off as just a cop, didn't he? And yeah. how well he was received in Arrow. They were like, okay, we can actually... Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was kind of a way of teasing the waters. That's a bit more of a backdoor pilot, they call it. Yeah, yeah. Where they, they cast an actor with the potential of a show, put them in a random episode, and see if it flies, and then yeah. if it good. Had him struck by lightning at the end of it, so he kind yeah, of goes, yeah. "Oh, what, is he going to become the Flash?" Yeah, or was, wasn't and he at the end of that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And then you have. Um, I wonder how Barry's doing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, random Flash to. Uh, yeah. Random Flash. He lies, Barry Allen. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, he dies. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> um, so yes, it's good at them introducing it, the, and they've also got, got Black Lightning, which may now get introduced. Into yeah, I think home. they've teased that this week. That uh, yeah, have you guys been watching it? I've not no. watched any of it yet. No, it's on Netflix. It. That one, yeah, yeah, it's well, week yeah. by week, isn't it? Um, Most it, it does really get. Like it. The only problem is the TV, especially with shared universes. It's a lot harder to watch because, like, well, as we you know, by trying to watch all the Marvel yeah. films one go, well, you've got a twenty-two season, ah, um, twenty-two episode season. Times that by five. Mm. Where are you going to get all the time to watch? Especially when that. you need to hit it for the crossover point. So, like, if it's yeah. the fifteenth oh, episode God. of each season, you've got to have seen yeah. fifteen episodes of all four. Which, are, and they air most from them in the same week, don't they? There's like yeah, three yeah, a week. Yeah, yeah. Like, like this year, when had Crisis on Earth X. I mean, luckily he was able to because I watched Arrow and Flash. I was okay with that. And Supergirl, I could kind of get on board with actually it's just hair. But Legends of Tomorrow I keep rotating the Char- the characters. Yeah, I, so I was like, oh, where's him? Where's him? Where's her? Where's yeah. her? Oh, he's dead. She's dead. He's gone off to another dimension. Yeah. <laughs> the bro- oh, I thought he was dead. Oh yeah, the Brian. But I went back in time and brought him yeah, back. Yeah. Like, right. Okay. Yeah. So that's the one you really have to follow up on. But anyway, kind of, kind of going off, kind of going off topic here. Um. So like I say, you had the the new Batman Adventures running after that season, which then it, it took in more than the of um, Robin as well, Nightwing. This Robin in this case here was Tim Drake, and then you also started having us having like your um, Superman's, you know, getting a bit more involved into it as well. Um, and so this obviously then led on to the DC what we get has been the DC animated universe hmm. so now why 
is this regarded in such high esteem? Now, originally, I put down five reasons, but in the end, I deleted five because I just kept writing them down and writing them down and You're writing like, them down. There why is more. it? What is it? So why, why is it, is it so good? So held in high esteem. Yeah. It's not. <laughs> yeah, it's not. It's crazy. It's absolutely yeah. um, I couldn't really think of many bad points to put down onto it, really. I mean, touch about what you said before about Gotham. This is really what Gotham City should be like. It's not set in a time because it looks very 1930s noir version, which to me is what Batman should be. That's when it was created. With uh, technology in it. But like, the technology in it is, in, in case it's like up to date or it's more advanced. So you can't put it down. So you can watch this at any point at any mm. time and not and think, oh, this is set, well, maybe not going forward another 50 years in the future because things will be more, maybe more advanced than that. But you could look at this and think, yeah, this could be set in any era mm. really for like 20 years or looking at just the architects, the last 100 years. So I think the char- I think Gotham itself is a character, yeah. And it a lot of this it takes heavy influence from the Tim Burton films, mm. because again they, that kind of looked at the you know the big towering buildings, but very very dark. It's like takes place in the slums in mm. the suburbs, where this is always this how I this is how I picture Gotham. Gotham's this dark, dank, dirty city, whereas Metropolis is the the light, bright, gleaming city of hope, and that's where you got these like two contrasts in it. And mm. I think that's how it, that's how I think that should play out. That's just my own viewpoint, anyway. But then you're looking at Batman himself. You've got the voice actor of um, Kenny Conroy. He was the first person to give Batman and Bruce Wayne different accents. Mm. No one else had done that before Adam that Swift, point. Adam Swift, Adam, um, Adam West was his dancers, well, kept the same one, didn't he? Yeah, and so did Michael Keaton as well, because that was before that point as well. He didn't really put on much analysis since then, especially if you look at the Christian Bale, maybe went a bit overdone, over, yeah. overdone with that. But it kind of makes sense, really, when... You're the most famous person in Gotham. Gotham. People are going to recognise your voice. Mm. Yeah, so you and have your to... chin. Yeah, and your chin. Yeah, the jawline. <laughs> the jawline. They, they had to talk somewhere. I mean, they obviously then yeah. took it that you actually only could only turn his neck until that night. Mm. <laughs> but he just never looked right that so. The that night one. Yeah. Um, but then it also then took some of the existing villains, what you had there in DC Universe, and elaborated on them, made them more believable, or you could show them more empathy it completely transformed Mr Freeze up until then he was some crazy mad scientist an obsession with being cold and one of his experiments froze him and here you've got this whole backstory about his wife that she's frozen that he's all he's looking is just a way of keeping her alive mm. that's all he wants to do and we'll go no no means to stop that mm. That that's his ultimate goal and he'll do at nothing he'll stop at nothing to prevent that and it makes it a lot more I think when you look at I suppose reading something you can read a, it's hard to sometimes feel empathy with someone who reads it but when you're watching it and seeing someone acting you hear, hear how the voice is going you know you go, it's giving them a back a flashbacks and a backstory which sometimes is a bit easier to do a cut between a watching something as opposed to reading it because sometimes when you're reading things you could be flicking through it quickly or you're just not paying things as much attention especially when it starts going from one scene to yeah. another whereas when you, when you watch something you have to go at the speed of what's been said to you mm. so I think that's a good way um, Two-Face like I said before is one of my favourite villains it gave him the whole backstory of then suffering from dual personality before the accident and it was then the accident what brought him out it also then helped with his role going forward as well with the way he dressed you know one colour one side one colour the other side I mean if you look at how the, um, the Lego figures decorate their characters it's nearly all from yeah from the uh, animated universe are they the ones from the so the same style that we saw in the Lego movie then as well yeah, yeah kind, kind of similar I think Two-Face is slightly different in that one because they brought back Billy D. Williams for that okay um, oh, so that was pre-Two-Face. Oh, so maybe Black Two-Face. It, well, obviously, because it was going by, he was the original half he didn't in the first Batman yeah. movie. So kind of giving him the, the sequel he deserved to have. Yeah. Oh, yeah. right. So it was 
So was half his face black and half his face was like messed up. Oh, it was like ready colour, I think. Oh, right, okay. Right, usually like okay. purply in it. Yeah, purply, yeah. That's yeah. Sort of the cartoon yeah. impression. Yeah, a lot. Yeah, I mean, obviously, you kind of then got the Tommy Lee Jones Batman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thing, which one? <laughs> the um, greatest Two Face portrayal we've ever seen. I read all good. But I think looking at like what the rogue and what the villains look like, that's a lot of people's perspective of what they think the villains should look like is what was from this animated series. I mean, I can't think of many other cartoon series from say now twenty five years ago, where they're still releasing statuettes, figurines yeah. from that it, from that series mm. and. A, just as popular, if not more, than some of the current versions of them. I think that's them. like a nostalgic thing. I think it's the style. Like I, I've mentioned Bruce Tim before, who it's all basically done off yeah. his character sheets, and it's an incredible style, and it's timeless. Like you say, it's yeah. it's, it's going to look good forever. Like, I, Bruce Tim is... I mean, it was, it was created by Bruce Tim and Paul... Dini, Dini, yeah. Or Dini, yeah, whichever. And looking at some of the stuff what they were created during that time, this was like a highlight, especially for Warner Brothers, for some of the animations they were doing. Like, see, you've got the Batman series here. They're also doing things like Animaniacs, Tiny oh, Toons, Pinky of the Brain, um, Freakazoid, which, oh, which, my God, I which love a lot that. of people forget about. Um, which was, at the time, they were all very, very, very highly thought of. Yeah. They were all critically acclaimed. Warner Brothers, in that early to mid-90s, was knocking animation out mm. of the park. And then also, by that point as well, they also created <laughs> Cartoon Network as well. And... It was a bit of a... They had their own renaissance, really, yeah. during that period, I think. Nice. Some absolute great stuff there. Um, but these villains, though, as well, they had credible actors playing them as well. There's one very, very obvious one, which I'm going to touch about a bit later, a bit later on. But the stuff which I, I forgot about, I didn't realise, Ron Perlman was Clayface. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Which is which is great casting. That makes so much sense. Why aren't you Clayface in the film? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah you can see it like, you know, as a failed stunt actor. Yeah. He's just perfect for that kind of role now. You had Roddy McDowell from the um, Planet of the Apes films was the Mad Hatter. <laughs> and David Warner as Raz Al Ghul. And then the original choice was supposed to be Tim Curry, but he got bronchitis, so couldn't fulfil the role. Mark Hamill as the Joker. It's, it's, that's iconic in its right. Uh, right. People, again, you kind of go to comic book elitist, but some people say that Mark Hamill's Joker is the ultimate Joker because that voiceover, what he puts on, that almost like doesn't sound too evil, but it has that, the laugh, the... The like scratchy turn in his voice. You know when it's not Mark Hamill. You do. Yeah. I've watched some of the DC um, animated films, and I've been like, "Oh, this Joker's not." There's like, so, not there's something wrong with it, but I was like, "There's something off. Something's not right here. Yeah. Yeah. Something's going off. This is like old milk." <laughs> yeah, it, it does. There is, in like I say, there is, there is, you do spot things when it's not. It just feels. It just feels safe when you know it's Mark Hamill. There's a lot. There's doing that energy, voice. isn't there? There's a lot more. Like, you look at the Arkham games. That is Kevin Con. Kevin Conroy and Mark Hamill throughout the entire thing and they're the two characters who feature in it the most because it's just you're putting something you're putting like a you know a triple A title there you want it you want the best voiceover talent where you have to have the ultimate voice of Batman the ultimate voice of Joker it just works together and then Mark Hamill always said that his la- he would never go back to the Joker unless the, the killing jerk which the which obviously then went back to mm-hmm. which eh, I'm not I'm not overly keen on it to say the truth I, I'm I don't think there's enough you can really bring into it, but that's a that's something different. That's not part of this. That again, that's not part of this universe. Um, but yeah, but people say that Mark Hamill's his ultimate jerk portrayal. But then out of, out of the shadow, out of out of the jerk, he then got Harley Quinn. People don't realize that Harley Quinn was created for this yeah. for the TV mm-hmm. series, and then she was that popular. She was then brought into the into the mainstream universe. Mm. Now, to give obviously her backstory, I think anyone listening to this will know who Harley Quinn is. It's the, uh, uh, hell, so much more to talk about. Let's finish. What are we going to say? Like, come on, you start. I, I was just going to talk about what Harley Quinn was, and I, I've, I've talked about this before in the past. Is that 
she's one of the biggest victims in the whole Batman universe. Maybe not now because she's now gone about and gone around, but she's the ultimate victim of a domestic abuse, of a violent relationship where she is victimised, brutalised by Joker who just uses her just for whatever he wants and just needs her. And then if he doesn't need her, just tosses her aside. There's one episode where she captures Batman and has him tied up waiting for him. And he's incessant because he's done it. She's done it behind his back. So then he then just like, just starts beating her and everything like that. And, the, and then you start thinking, oh, she's going to, you know, finally snap and, you know, turn around and realize, you know, that she's bad for him. But at the end of the episode, she's like sat down. Batman's got away as he would do. But then she's blaming herself, thinking it's all my fault. I should always do what Mr. J says. Mm. Right. And it's it's really, really hard that seeing that because that's someone who's just has now lost everything, all part of her. She was infatuated by this madman, and that's what's kind of brought it. And that's what I didn't like about Suicide Squad, because they kind of took that away away from it, I think. And it's it's one of these weird things where you see people on social media they'll put things like, you know, true romance, have a picture of Joker and Harley, thinking, no, that's the exact opposite mm-hmm. of what a perfect relationship is. That's not what you should show as being, not as like, you know, it should be put on posters showing like when Do people are signs like of domestic abuse yeah. and things like and that. And it's hyper-sexualised as well. Yeah. And like, I I generally found Margot Robbie's performance really cringy. And it, just like the... the the flood of Halloween costumes that year of women was all like... Of but you're getting girls, you get little girls wearing like t-shirts with like Daddy's Long Monster. I think it's yeah. just not right. I mean, you look at her original... Co- I mean, to me, her original costume is the most, like, is the most yeah. iconic like one. Jeff with dress, Jeff, yeah. yeah. And there's that, um, the front cover of the Hair of the Joker, you know, with him, the hands wrapped around yeah, him, which yeah. is very, very iconic, which they did actually kind of slip into the mood, which I did I did pop for that little bit because I thought it, that looked quite good. And they're like, you know, going for, using different panels from in the movie, in the comics to mm. show us off. But... Yeah, but anyway, that's Blake loads of Marcus after this, but anyway, that went out well over the, time. I think they've recently announced that there's talk about bringing it back, the universe back for something. I didn't realise that the Batman and Harley Quinn direct-to-DVD film that came out last year, that's part of this same universe. Oh, cool. Yeah, well, the, movie, and I the, watched, movie the movie one. I haven't watched it yet, but yeah, that's apparently part of the continuation of this. That's meant to be quite intense, isn't it? It's not, it got quite, again, over-sexualisation of isn't Harley it, Quinn in it. There's a scene where she takes her clothes off and she's got... Nightcrawler, oh, she like tied to the bed, and she's like, it gets like it's really weird. It's it gets same. like it's, she's like, oh, you don't react to anything, you know what I mean? And then she starts taking her clothes off, and she notices something, something is crotch, and she's like, oh, so you do, you know, oh, so you do react to, oh no, she says something like, oh, so you don't have the hots for Batman because that's what everybody thinks, and it's yeah. like. Is he getting a stiffy watching her get changed? It's really weird. It's, it's like a scene where she bends over, she's got like a double ass being drawn into it as well. Oh, it's it's really. Again, it's this whole thing, like, they have obviously trying to very sexualise her, and especially this day and age. I mean, the, the way, if you ever read any of the latest one stuff now, they've kind of made her the DC version of Deadpool as, like, you know, being, like, the lead of the pop culture. Uh, yeah. yeah. I mean, they've even got, like, a, a character in it called Dead Tool, who's... Yeah. I mean, that's how they do that, because they've already got their own version of Deadpool. It's bloody... <laughs> Deathstroke it's yeah. the original Deadpool <laughs> I think Nightcrawler and Harley Quinn hook up I think that you see Bruce Nightcrawler team on, and, sorry Nightwing Night- um, that'd be, be a team of fantasy <laughs> that's um, yeah scene between Harley Quinn and I mean with some controversy like does she rape him does she not yeah that's it he's tied to a bed yeah I think I've seen her he's tied to a bed and like she sees him. yeah it's it's meant to be re- oh. it's very weird it's worth okay. looking up it's worth looking up yeah. that was good I like that because that's like the most exposure I've I've had to DC properly, and I still haven't like watched it in any sort of completeness. Mm. I mean, things I even touched on, even the soundtrack, because he got Danny Elfman to start for the soundtrack, which is the original Batman score, and you just 
even the introduction starts like a, a Noah yeah. style thing. And then Batman, he's just stood there. And whenever he's just stood, he's just got the cap. He's just got the cape just covering him. You don't see him yeah. fully. It's just how it should look. Really, he's like he's in the shadows. He's not going to be there, like Superman, cape. You yeah, know, yeah. cape busting in the wind and things like that. He's got to be hidden. He's got to be out of sight. Yeah. And I Sorry. And I said to me, that's just what Batman is to me. I love Batman Noir to me is how he should be. Yeah. I always feel like Batman Beyond should be the next Batman film as well. I always think that that should be the next one. Bring back Christian Bale and get him to be a. There was, when I was doing research, there was talks of um, Robbie ML, who's cousin from Stephen ML, who was also mm. um, the original. He was the original. Um, is it Goldust? Uh, no, uh, no, no, that's um, Cody Rhodes. He Cody was Rhodes. in, yeah, he was in wrestling. It was, um, it was the original Fire. Storm. Fires, oh, uh, okay, yeah. 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 Um apparently he's like kind of started tried writing a, a draft for a Batman Beyond with him playing Tony McGuinness, which got to be a bit older now. But I mean that was one talk so was before with um after the reboot with Christopher Nolan was gonna do Batman it was called Batman Triumphant. Right. And it was gonna be like a very old age in um, Batman, possibly played by someone like Clint Eastwood, but okay. then would have a. Yeah, I remember the Clint Eastwood rumors. Yeah, but having yeah. a young, not a Robin or anything, you know, someone different, someone new being taken over the mantle from it, which would have been quite interesting yeah, because yeah. I think I'm one of these one line, like kind of lines of thought where a Robin wouldn't take over Batman if Bruce Wayne died. It would have to be someone. I think Robin's their own. It's a different like sort of character, isn't it? Yeah, and everyone falls a different way. I mean, obviously. Dick Grayson became Nightwing, um, Jason Todd's Red Hood. Mm. But I Dick mean, Grayson Grayson was Batman for a while when he died, wasn't he? You yeah. had a Batman and Robin comic, which was Dick Grayson and Damian Wayne. Grant Morrison actually was on that one. Oh, yeah. yeah. Grant Morrison. Right. Well, that was, so. Those have all been really good, these. And they're all, like, I don't know, completely different. Well, yeah. Man, Man and Curve is a similar-ish, but... You've gone for the Japanese. Yeah. Yeah, Batman and Robin, Dick Grayson, uh, Dick Grayson um, Grant Morrison... Was it good that? Pretty good read. Yeah, it was cool, man. I enjoyed that. Cool. So recaps, Jack. Um, uh, by beginner for beginners, a guide to Akira. <laughs> <laughs> um, I looked at two very two of my favorite um fight scenes in Naruto, which looked at the import yeah the importance of fight scenes in anime using two of my favorite fight scenes in in anime manga from Naruto. And I asked the question, is the Batman animated series the definitive version of the Cape Crusader? Mm, cool. So, Jack, you're one, I'm two, Tommy three. And so it's one, two, three. We're going yeah. three. Yeah. <laughs> We've had two uh, tiebreakers in a row. In a row. Oh, man. <laughs> okay. Can I? Can you just give me a second? Because I actually, I'm, I'm trying to think now. I, mean, I just need to, does everybody know? Does everybody yeah, know? I know. I know. <laughs> Okay, okay. Okay, so ready? Yeah. Yep. So we all know what we're doing? Yeah. Okay, so remember, one... Well, I'm not, don't do it. Okay. It's, okay. it's one, it's one right. two... I'll do it this one. time. I'll do it this time. Okay. okay. One, two, three. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Is it me? Well, cool. Yeah. Um, nice. I guess I'm going to put in a Blu-ray copy of Akira. I think I've got nice. two. Nice. Good about, choice. Yeah. You've got two already? I said I've got two. I oh, can't right. talk That's about like, it. No. Mel, how's it worked? You like it that much? You want to buy it twice? Awesome. But yeah, it was cool. Yeah, it was really good. Ooh, what way to find it to finish off the final box? Yeah, no. Yeah. It's a nice box, this, isn't it? Yeah. Ian Molly, thank you very much, man. That was a good one to what do. What we've got in this box is Akira. Uh, Logan on Blu-ray. Logan on Blu-ray. Um, there's uh, a Logan Pop and an Exiles comic. Yeah, um, Death in the Family Death comic. Death in the Family. Mm. Um, 
a load of crappy, a load of stra- crappy straight to, div- straight to DVD, DVD comic, um, video game movies. I think that's what that's it, isn't it? But there's a lot of DVDs in this one. A yeah. lot to watch. Yeah. Lot to watch. Lot, lot to get through. Quite, a, quite a bit to read. A few little things. To look one, at. And the Lego Black Panther set. And the Lego Black Panther set. Yeah. To build. To build while watching. To build while I was watching it. Mm, yeah. I was picturing it being Wesley Snipes. Yeah. So leave us reviews, guys. Yeah, yes, let us know. So if you do want to win, leave us a review on iTunes. Leave it us a review. It doesn't cost anything on... to leave a review. Yeah, it doesn't. But it does cost us to put things in this box. So <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you are winning. I'm joking. I'm joking. But yeah, seriously, you know, leave us a review. Uh, leave us a comment on we, iTunes. We've also got, we won't on... say just yet, but some friends from the our local businesses have also decided to include some prizes as well, mm-hmm. which we won't say just yet. Okay. Okay. A little bonus prizes. So some, there's gonna be Don't forget bonus. Ian's, Ezra. Yeah, if you're in the item. box, you had to supply something for the next box. That's all. <laughs> pay- that's the only payment we ask from there's you. There's a t-shirt as well. There's t-shirts Posters, in. Posters, stickers. stickers. All sorts of we stuff. Might even get you on. Yeah. See if yeah. we like you or not. I think, yeah, um, a night out with yeah. curfew. And, yeah, night you out don't want to do that. It's awful. It's good times, mate. <laughs> sure, good time. Um, and there's um, yeah, and you also you get to set the theme for the final for the final oh, episode box, box of three. the next box. Wow, so box three. Yeah. Get to set what we talk about. Just like I mean, Mr. Ian Molly on this one. We'll take suggestions at all times. I mean, you got I any really good have ideas. ideas. I don't yeah. think I think we've got, I haven't got no, words. We've got, got loads of ideas. ideas. But tell us what kind of episodes you like. Do you like what us do you want to listen to? Yeah. Do you like us talking about characters? Do you like us talking about issues, issues concepts, like writers, you know artists, things that genres? In the wider pop culture, comic book, manga sort of um, world. Do you know what I mean? We can be as niche as you like or as broad as you like because. We like to look up things we don't know about. Like look, that, look I, at Jack. Jack's never watched a Kirifons, won the box. Jack needs to do more DC stuff because he's a he, he, he's a hater. I'm not a hater. I'm just a disliker. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, um, yeah. That's cool. That's that's good. That yeah, was good. Yeah, that was yeah, cool. well, yeah. I enjoyed them all. I keep looking at the recording thing and, make, and I'm freaking out. That it's not <laughs> some the right technical one. errors this week. Um, yeah. Okay. So thank you very much for staying tuned for for tuning in. We are going to have a ramble next. I can't really. Can we say what should we say? What's on? Yeah. It's going to be the next one's going to be fun because we are to argue our case and talk about the best shit film, the best crap film. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's not yeah. like a each episode where we put something in the box because we're going to have an extra guest on. It's yeah. going to be a bit of a chat, a bit of discussion chat. about terrible bad films. movies. Movies are bad, the good. Yeah. yeah. Not, well, not necessarily, but we might talk about movies are bad, the bad. Yeah. yeah. Some terrible films that you just think, I'll watch it anyway. We're a bit like, so we might terrible. have a fight at some point because I'll say something which someone might take offence to. Whether and then we're all terrible people. Sounds like you already know who you're upset. Yeah. I don't know, actually. I could upset anyone. <laughs> I'm very opinionated for a Tom's lot of films. Tom's out to upset people. I'll, t- I'll take offence if people in. start to say <laughs> something. Oh yeah, so thank you, thank you very much for listening. Thank you for sticking with us through a second box. We'll be back next week, and in the meantime, don't forget to like, share the page. Head over to at Comic Box Rumble on Facebook, at Comic Box Rumble on Twitter. We're also at Comic Box Rumble on SoundCloud on everything. And head over to iTunes and leave us a review for a chance to win the box. We'll be announcing them in a week's time, I guess. Couple of weeks. Couple of weeks. Oh, give it a bit of time to generate. I think this become the third or fourth box. Give people time to catch up. So we'll give it a win. We're going to be kind because some people might be wanting to. Listen and you know, some might have up. better things to do. Some people might be on holiday, yeah, got they may have the priorities where... completely wrong and are not listening to us yeah, at nine exactly. o'clock on a Monday morning exactly. like this should <laughs> be. Yeah, <laughs> waiting at baiting breath for that notification to pop on their phone. Ah, comic box rumbles just, just loaded a new one. Ding ding ding. What's so, yeah. Kofi gonna say start this week? <laughs> thank you very much, guys. It's gonna be good. And yeah, thank you for, for bearing with us. us for this long. You know, it's been yes. an interesting ride, and we're gonna keep going with this thing because. 
we love it. I've enjoyed it. I've enjoyed tonight. I enjoyed these episodes, and I'm getting a bit emotional because it's the second box, isn't it? Oh, we're moving and growing up. It's so a difficult second season we've got through. <laughs> got through second <laughs> season. Once you go through the second season, and people still want more. Season, the third one then knows to be the third one. Season three one. is generally the peak, isn't it? Yeah, four, <laughs> four be shit. Yeah, yeah. Then we'll so come back with five. <laughs> Yeah, yeah like, that sounds yeah. about right. Six seasons and a movie. Six, <laughs> six seasons. Straight to DVD. Six, six boxes and no, six boxes and a spin-off. And a, and a bootleg DVD. And then we'll get to the Game of Thrones episode where everyone dies. <laughs> yeah, can't we? We haven't done much We'll get rid of the key characters. We have yeah. <laughs> Well, good luck recording. Good luck recording the show. <laughs> it does um, Doctor Who regenerate. I'm, I'm surprised that we haven't done a Game of Thrones episode, but that'll pop up at some point so yeah. we're still going to wait another year for Game of Thrones I need something to fill the void oh God. another year anyway we're going to close this otherwise you're going to hear us rambling that's next, next week, week. <laughs> anyway thank you very much everybody Good night, guys Night, night. bye Cable! Cable!